You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday to you all. Plenty to get to ahead on this edition of Locked On Utes. Brian, we're going to debut a little bit of an off-season topic we've been kicking around for a little while here. We're going to talk about the top moments for Utah in their Pac-12 tenure. We're counting down. It's it's a big anniversary for the University of Utah as they enter into the Pac-12. And we decided that we needed to split things off into two different sets, right? We want to talk about the football moments because there have been so many of them in recent years. And we also want to talk about the non-football moments. So Mm -hmm. we'll start counting those down today as well as getting to some very important news. Yeah, absolutely. The big commitment, another big commitment for the Utah basketball program by the name of Dusan Mohorcic. Who is he? Was he bringing to the running Utes? We'll cover all of that ahead on today's show. Our title sponsors are good friends at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out now at rockauto.com. All right, Brian, without further ado, let's get going here on a Monday. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for June 7th. 2021. What's up, everybody? Welcome once again into Locked on Utes, your daily podcast focused on all things University of Utah Athletics. Hope you all are doing fantastic out there. My name is Jay Catch, joined as always by my fearless co-host, Brian Brown. Brian, what is up, my friend? Jake, we are separated by a thousand feet, probably more um, of, of cable. But right now, right here, I feel like I've never been closer to you. Hey, that's what we like to hear. And at some point, we will record in person together. I can assure you of that. Uh, Before we get going here, Brian, let's remind everybody, by the way, if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit that follow button wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, the new Odyssey app. Make sure you join us and hit that follow button so that way it populates in your feed every day. And we keep you guys apprised of everything going on with the Utes. All right, Brian, let's talk a little running Ute basketball here. And I got to say, I think there were Utah fans who were, I would say, perturbed about the slow start to the Craig Smith era in terms of hauling in talent. But I don't think you can say anything other than he's on a hot streak right now in terms of bringing in new bodies. Without a doubt, there was a lot of anxiousness from the fan base in regards to the exodus and the lack of replenishment. We've talked about it a little bit on the podcast that there's still going to be opportunities to add talent through the portal once the NBA draft process is actually finished and players decide that it's best to return to school rather than try and make it in the uh, the, the the delightful streets of Turkey or wherever else they might try to play professional basketball. Uh but this was a, a good p- pickup following another big pickup uh, the day previous in Booth Gott returning to the University of Utah, which I think was of uh, Mohorcic naming the Utes in his top three. The, the Gotch commitment was out of nowhere and really took everybody by surprise. So good job by Coach Smith to go out and get two players that really are going to be able to make an impact for the University of Utah. 
I, I would agree. And I, I think that they're doing a good job right now of filling in the gaps of what they needed. What I like about Mahorchich, and uh, I knew about him because there was some interest on BYU's part in terms of bringing him in potentially as a graduate transfer, and I can understand that. But the one thing I like about Mahorchich, Brian, is when I see his highlight reel of what he did at both at Lewis in limited fashion, but more importantly at Illinois State, he is a guy who screams to me the type of big man that Craig Smith needs to work his team around, if that makes sense. Because we all saw Nemesh Keta up there at Utah State. Really was kind of the pillar in the middle who everything worked around him, it felt like, in Utah State's offense. I'm not saying that Mahorchich is as good as Keita. I, I can't say that offhand. But I think he's got the skill set to allow Craig Smith to kind of do what he did in Logan right there up on the hill in Salt Lake City. He's he's a a strong physical prospect. I think the kind of big man that like you compared to uh, Nimeas uh, Keita uh, can provide a presence there in the middle of the the, the paint and and get rebounds and be physical. Uh, the comparison that I made earlier was to Dallin Bachinski, okay. that kind of style big man where he can he can give you some solid minutes. I don't know that he's going to knock anybody out in terms of his athleticism or uh, stepping out from beyond the arc or things like that. But I think really what it does is it provides the youth with a lot of uh, versatility in their uh, front court now because you have Lahat Chun back, you have Brandon Carlson there, and you have now Mahorchich who can be a big physical big man there in the middle, can can be a defender, uh, and can provide some some, uh, some much-needed size to the University of Utah. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing about it is uh, he brings just a, a big presence because you and I both have talked about this, and I think it's been widely acknowledged that Utah was very thin on the front court in terms of what they had coming back on next year's roster. I, I Yeah, I think that grabbing both Booth Gotch, getting him to return to Utah, in addition to uh, getting a guy like Dusan Mahorchich to come in, I got to say, I think the prospects of Utah running Utes basketball going into next season are much brighter today than maybe they were just as late as as recently as a week ago, even. Yeah, it's it's a big change, I think, in the momentum of the program and everything that was going for them. Uh, still, a lot of opportunity for them to to evolve the roster if they need to, um, but I think more than anything. What, what this shows is that this staff is going to be dogged in, in making sure that they get the people that they need to come into the University of Utah and fill the roles that they're looking for. Yeah, so I think this is a big pickup for Utah. Obviously, they will continue to uh, get guys if they can manage to grab them. But the good part is I think that we're seeing Craig Smith. He promised he was going to go out and chase talent when he first got hired here, Brian. It may have taken a minute for him to get the wheels turning here, but they are turning now, and that's the good news if you're a Utah running Utes basketball fan is he's making good on some of the promises he made early on. He is, and, and I think it took a little bit of time, and they've gone about it very methodically in terms of how they built the, the bulk of the roster at the University of Utah with players that they knew, players that they had coached previously, et cetera, et cetera. I think the Gotch uh, commitment also kind of falls under that a little bit because Gotch had interest uh, when Craig Smith was at Utah State, and I believe that there is connections through the Minnesota ties and whatnot as well. Nothing that I can report or uh, uh, know specifically. Uh, but once things kind of devolved at Minnesota and, and Gotch was probably looking for a place to land safely, Utah looks like a great fit. And then, you know, I think Mahorkic, 
uh, is a big man that was coveted by a lot of schools. Like you mentioned, BYU was in the running for that one. Texas was in the running for that one. Mm-hmm. And so if this is a guy who's looking to come in and make an instant impact, the University of Utah is a great place for it. And, you know, there's still a lot in the pocket for the coaching staff in terms of what they're able to do. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. We'll continue to bring anything else that happens with the run in Utah. Obviously, we'll continue to cover all of that. But coming up next, Brian, a fun little exercise uh, we have been kind of kicking around for the last week plus, getting ready for this. We're going to talk about the top moments in the Pac-12 tenure for Utah. They're coming up on the decade mark of being in this conference. Well, what are the top moments that are don't include football, by the way? We're making that caveat. The non-football moments in the Pac-12. We're going to get to all of that here in just a moment. Today's show, though, Brian, is brought to you by our good friends at Lucy. Lucy Nicotine is a company that's founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers who are looking for better and cleaner nicotine alternatives. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Yeah, researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Uh, They have created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, pomegranate. They also have a lozenge. If you don't like gum that has the four milligrams of nicotine, comes with those flavors, cherry, ice, citrus, and mint. Uh, The lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy right now, and it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. All right, folks, you can check them out. Locked on... uh Listeners, go to lucy.co and use the promo code Locked On College. by the way, to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. Once again, that's lucy.co. Use promo code Locked On College at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Check them out at lucy.co and use that promo code Locked On College. Folks, you need to take a minute here and talk to you about our good friends at Rock Auto. Brian and I are huge fans of this company. The best part about them, Brian, let me know if you disagree with this. I love the fact that it's a family-owned company. They've been working online for 20 years helping auto parts customers, and they ship everything directly to your door. They, They ship it right to you, making it very simple to take care of your vehicles. It's so easy, Jake. That's the best part about it. It's one of the reasons why I like it so much. All you have to do is just go to the website. Super easy to navigate, and you can find your vehicle. You'll find exactly the parts that you're looking for. You'll find all the products that you'll need there. They're organized. You can choose and select the product that you want, either by price or by brand depending on if you're like one of those people that has to wear the nike of brake pads then you can go get that uh and it just makes it so much easier to get the right part right then right when you need it so you don't have to go out of your way uh to help repair your car it, it, it's that time of year too like washing the car yep do it on the lawn Get the car wash stuff from Rock Auto. Just have them drop it off for you. How easy is that? Yeah, it's really simple, folks. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure while you're there to write in Locked On or Locked On Utes in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So we can get some credit for sending you guys to check them out. They know where you are coming from. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. 
All right, Brian, having some fun here with a segment that's going to be kind of a long-running series, and it's going to carry us, I think, all the way through Pac-12 Media Days in July, and I'm looking forward to this. We're coming up on the 10-year anniversary, a decade for Utah in the Pac-12, and we're talking about the top moments for Utah. Obviously, there are plenty in football, and they're going to have their own topic. We're going to talk about the top 10 football moments in Pac-12 history, but today we're kind of kicking things off talking about the top 10 moments that were the non-football moments, if that makes sense for everybody. So kind of lay it out for us, Brian, how we're going to go about this. Yeah, so what we want to do is we want to give you a voice in voting for these moments. And so uh, starting today, Monday, we're going to take suggestions on those non-football moments. So some examples that we've come up with is, is we've brainstormed ideas are uh, Utah men's basketball beating Duke in Madison Square Garden, the 2014 Red Rocks uh, winning the Pac-12 championship for the first time in the Pac-12 era. We've discussed the esports team being created at the University of Utah and starting the trend essentially in the Pac-12 of esports teams. Shout out to our uh, our good friend, AJ Dimmick, who runs the program over there at the U. Uh, good guy, former zone associate, too, yes. although that was way before my time. Um, <laughs> and, and the lacrosse team becoming a Division One program, uh, emerging from club status and everything like that. So as we go through this, if you have a moment that you can think of, and, and you know, another suggestion was somebody mentioned admittance to the AAU, uh, which is the prestigious research uh, university, um, whatever union group. I'm not exactly sure. Essentially, it makes you. When one I of the, think of AAU, yeah. it's well, yeah, you think of the amateur athletic union, the the, the one that runs like basketball camps and whatnot. But the AAU in the in ruined the, basketball. Sure, okay, <laughs> but in the college sense, the AAU is kind of that prestigious group that all of the Pac-12 institutions, as research institutions, are members of. It essentially, means you're in the top tier of universities around the United States of America, and even some internationally, if I'm not mistaken, with the AAU. It's a really, really prestigious honor. So that one absolutely needs to be acknowledged. Yeah, they uh, officially called the Association of American Universities, but like you said, um, it is a very prestigious relig- uh, re- religious <laughs> research-based uh, organization that highlights those kinds of universities. And the impact that it has in terms of the University of Utah and the academics are far superior than likely joining the Pac-12 has had on athletics. But uh, there is an argument that it doesn't come around if the University of Utah isn't a part of the Pac-12. Um, so those are kind of some of the ideas that we have. Give us your suggestions at Locked on Utes. Uh, you can also tag Jake and I at Brown Bear SLC uh, at Jacob C. Hatch as, as we'll put those together and give you an opportunity to vote on those and we'll start slowly revealing what our top 10 list is for the non-football moment uh, starting with the episodes that will drop from here on out. Yeah, we're going to have some fun with this, folks, because there are a lot of moments I think that have gotten overlooked in this decade of Utah being a member of the Pac-12 and it, you, like, I, like I mentioned in the open, it's really easy to think about what's happened in football. It runs to the Pac-12 title game, obviously winning the Pac-12 South Division for the first time. There's so many different things in football, but these non-football moments, man, there's some crazy ones. And i, I got to say, Brian, if Utah winning the 2016 Pac-12 baseball title is not top three or maybe even the top moment here in the non-football ones... Uh, man, I'll be surprised because that was as stunning a moment, a stunning uh, an accomplishment as I have seen in this decade for Utah. We riot. 
You riot if they don't make it to the top three. No, I think you're absolutely right. And as we talked about, you know, Bill Kinneberg exiting the program mentioned that the the difficulty of actually winning a championship in the Pac-12 is is astounding. But winning a baseball championship from the team that likely should never have won one, what yeah. a great accomplishment that really was. Yeah, it, it's it's just as stunning a moment as there has been, in my opinion, in this decade that Utah's been in. Because you, you see what the Pac-12 is in terms of just baseball caliber. These baseball teams are so, so good. They're so storied of programs. To have seen Utah win a Pac-12 title, man. Bill Kinneberg, yes, that, that, that's just a gold star on his run as head coach. And there's plenty of others here, Brian. So, yeah, like you said, if you guys have suggestions, if there are moments in Pac-12 history for the University of Utah that are non-football related that you think we may be overlooking, send them in. We are going to take any and all suggestions. We'll make sure that we let you guys have your say on them. But I think the one thing that I am most impressed by is we're going to be able to talk about a lot of moments, Brian. I think as you and I are kind of brainstorming stuff, talking about different options here, it seems like there are going to be far more than just 12 or 13. There could be as many as 15 to 17 moments, I feel like, that will be in contention for those top 10. Yeah, and we'd love to give a shout-out to some of the honorable mentions or things like that. I think what Poppy Tank did recently at the Women's Track and Field Regional probably deserves a shout-out. Yeah. It's, it's one of the biggest accomplishments in the track and field program in a long, long time. So there are all those kinds of opportunities. And look, we've got an off-season ahead. We want to talk about these kinds of things and give athletes their shine and, and get an opportunity to to tell those stories as well. And and I think the difficulty of covering a university that's so diverse is that you and I don't always get to talk to the, the, the people that are making the stories or get to hear about those stories because there's so much else going on with football and basketball and baseball and everything else that we're involved in. Uh, so if you have have an idea or or want to suggest something let us know this the the more we can get the more that we can talk about it and really get this thing cranking and and diversify the podcast a little bit because heaven knows you don't want to hear jake and i count down our hundred favorite whatever's yes they do 80 well maybe but like i mean (laughs) maybe i Maybe I don't want to hear myself talk about it. Maybe that's the biggest thing. Fair enough. Well, that's the thing about it. I think we're just having fun with this. And I, I appreciate, by the way, uh, some of you have reached out and said, hey, we truly appreciate the fact that you guys talk about all of the different sports in Utah, uh, in the University of Utah. And we're a podcast that we'd like to make it well-rounded, but we do know that football and men's basketball are going to be the chief, I guess, newsmakers for us, the chief things that we focus on. But like you said, we do want to be more well-rounded. We do want to tell some of these stories of these other teams. For example, it's crazy to think that the University of Utah has the only Division I lacrosse program in the state of Utah. That was a crazy, crazy moment that I think is getting overlooked. I know they haven't necessarily been an absolute powerhouse since uh, becoming a D1 program, but it's something that absolutely is a top 10 moment, in my opinion, outside of the football realm. This is a program that's still growing, and I think what's really impressive about it is that this is a team that went to Virginia, Uh the eventual national champions, and fought hard and dropped a a game 18-11. to At one point in time, you know, they were leading Virginia in the first period, so a lot of good fun moments there's a lot of good reasons to be involved in the university of utah and the athletic department and i think at times 
because it's been such a sleeping giant for so long, maybe Utah fans don't realize how much they can be involved and how much more there is outside of just football and basketball. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So like we said multiple times in this, but please, please, please have your input heard. Make sure to jo- uh, join us Locked on Utes. Brian's going to put together a little bit of a form to kind of like lay out what you guys might think are the biggest moments. You'll be able to vote on them, and we'll break them down as we go along here during these next two months to lead us up to Pac-12 Football Media Day. I- I'm looking forward to it. I-, I think it's a pretty significant thing, a decade of being in the Pac-12. I still remember it as yesterday when Utah was – being invited to the Pac-12 is just such a stunning, stunning moment. That alone and of itself is a top 10 moment probably. Yeah, without a doubt, I think that's probably the uh, the fuse to this whole uh, segment, this whole idea. So uh, be sure to pay attention on the Twitter feed. Uh, if you don't have Twitter, then send us an email, lockedonutes at gmail.com. I'll send you the form. You can fill it out and vote. Uh, the more moments that we get, the more variety we can provide. So so be thoughtful with these. Uh, be silly if you want. I don't even care Like if you suggest really weird things like the concourse pooper. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to make the list or the form. But, but like the more involvement we can get from everyone else and the more interaction we can get, that's really the key to it for us. And I think that's where we'll have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, we'll have some fun with it, no doubt. All right, coming up next, we'll wrap up the show with some of the news and notes involving Utah that we haven't touched on quite yet in today's show. We'll get to all of that in mere moments. But first, Brian, our favorite ad read, I think, on this podcast, and I say that because it's true. Let's talk about the Built Bars. Listen, I'm not going to beat around the bush here, Jake. I sure like doing the Built Bar reads a lot more than the Lucy because I've at least tried the Built Bars. But I will say this. I've been teasing it for a long time. They dropped a new flavor on us, and I know we can't talk about it yet. But my goodness, if that's a, a sign of things to come, people, get your stock in Built Bar right now. It's so good. Uh, th- this new flavor that y- you mentioned, it, it, we can't name it quite yet. It is quite possibly one of my favorite treats, just period of all time. And the fact that it's now in a built bar and it's healthy for me just made my day when it showed up. Honestly, when I had it, it made me start craving that particular flavor and other stuff. Yeah. Like, like I wasn't necessarily super into just this, this, I mean, I do like the flavor, but that's the benefit of the built bar, right? Like yeah. it's so good and so tasty and yet healthy for you that you can reward yourself with something that's sweet, but also relatively drastically healthier than anything else. <laughs> they taste like a candy bar. We mean that sincerely. High protein, high fiber, low calorie, low sugar. The perfect compliment wherever you might be in your health journey, guys. Give them a shot. Go to BuiltBar.com now. And by the way, while you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. You heard that right. LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. Order them now and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars, all courtesy of Built Bar. All right, Brian, before we go here on a Monday edition of the show, we do need to give a tip of the cap to Jaden Kiernan uh, being named to all Pac-12 honorable mention honors for baseball, for the Pingin Utes, that we're calling the Pingin Utes, right? I think that's a pretty impressive accomplishment, all things considered. Wasn't necessarily the most stellar year for Utah baseball, but Jaden Kiernan absolutely deserves a shout-out. He does. He did a great job behind the plate, uh, playing catcher for the Utes, hit 325 on the season with 17 RBIs, had 50 hits, and scored 21 runs. Out of the 38 games he played in, he hit 
had a hit in 33 of them, which in baseball, that's that's really impressive to be able to be that consistent in all the games that you're playing. Uh, only struck out 21 times this season. Uh, first honorable mention of his career. Um, and also, he's being that he's the only youth on the list, it's actually really impressive when you look at all the names on here coming from Stanford, Oregon, Arizona, UCLA, uh, <laughs> and um, Oregon State. It, it's The who's who, yes. So many good guys on here, so many good players on here, and and for him to be able to make the team, that's it's a great great recognition for him, great recognition for the University of Utah, and I think the baseball team, where as you and I kind of followed along with them this season, it didn't feel like they were ever uh, a threat to the conference title necessarily, but it was a young team that really seemed to develop. Jaden's only a redshirt sophomore. And, you know, we, we've talked about uh, Kai Roberts and some of the other young players on this team that they're really building a good core moving forward. And if they can add a few more arms here and there, I think it'll really help them a lot. Yeah, it's it, it, and the funny thing about this is catchers traditionally are not expected to be big time hitters. It's an absolute luxury to have a guy like Kiernan who can rake from behind the plate. It man, that really helps open up your offense. So to hit 325, 17 RBIs like you mentioned. By the way, the impressive thing is the only 21 strikeouts all season long. That's really really cool. So I uh, man, Props to you, Jaden Kiernan, whoever takes over. And obviously, there's going to be an opportunity maybe for him in the pro ranks. Like you mentioned, he's a redshirt sophomore, so he's three years removed. Uh, will be eligible for the MLB amateur draft. So we'll find out how it goes in that regard for him. But if he does return to Utah next year, they have at least one piece they'll be building around. Yeah, and, and I think it's interesting that they've got some depth at catcher there with he and Chris Rowan, who both uh, can rake. That's a really rare thing, like you said, for catchers. But that's that's what this team was built on, is they were built to hit the ball and get around the bases. And so there's some good young talent. Should be exciting to see what happens. And, and as always, we will keep you posted here on the Locked On Utes uh, with updates about who the next coach for the Ping and Utes might actually be. Yeah, so we'll have a lot of covered for you guys. But that'll do it for this Monday edition of the show. Please follow us on social media on Twitter, Locked On Utes. Reach out anytime, LockedOnUtes at gmail.com. If you want to reach out via email, follow Brian at BrownBearSLC. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch. Hope you guys all have a great day whenever you hear this. And Brian, what do we always tell them when we close this podcast? Look, gang, if you're going to do it, you better do it well. You better stay well. You better be well. You better do well. Uh, we like you, we love you, and we appreciate you. But most importantly, Jake, what we tell them, they need to follow us. They do. Absolutely. Please follow us. Please interact. Let us know what you guys like and don't like about the show. Leave us those ratings and reviews. And, of course, we'll be back later this week talking all things Utah as we start breaking down those top 10 non-football moments for the University of Utah. Until then, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked on Utes podcast for June 7th, 2021.